What's going on, guys? Welcome on back to the second in short podcast here on the Mosaic MC Network. I am your host, Tyler Lauder, joined with Mosaic MC Jason Easley. And rookie draft season is in full effect. Last week, we did a, our 1.0 Superflex box draft going back and forth for two rounds. And today, we're here to tell you guys about six rookies that if you leave your rookie draft with, you're going to be a winner. They're, they're going to benefit you. Uh, we're even going to drop in two honorable mentions that are guys that are going to be undrafted as well. So with all that being said, uh, we have two ways we can go about this, Jason. We can kind of just go back and forth, or we can go in ADP order. What do you think you want to do? Uh, I, I think we can go back and forth because I, I think that's our, our best format. I mean, you work well off each other when we get a little banter going. So give me your first player that uh, that you're trying to leave with and that you think other people, if you leave with this player, uh, especially around their ADP, and the ADP is going to change. It's draft to draft. Um, but if you leave with this player, you're going to be a winner. Uh, mine is Jonathan Mingo for your Carolina Panthers. Um, I think leaving the draft with him, his current ADPs, uh, early second round, uh, and like you said, ADPs one. Uh, fluctuate there but getting somebody with his size and caliber to grow with your quarterback is a huge asset we talked about it many times before big body he's probably 6'2 200 around 220 um you have hyped this guy up to me significantly for me to do the research steve smith was high on him um so it's getting a step of approval from a Hall of Fame wide receiver for the organization and drawing some comparisons uh, is not only a stamp of approval league-wise, but fantasy-wise, you see that that potential there, the, the chance of growth, and you see that there's going to be a lot of targets that he's going to be able to have with Thielen and everyone else that they brought in. So a, a big benefit to Jonathan Mingo is that he's a guy that you can get at the top end of your second round um i did just have a rookie draft that i'm still in the second round of and he did go at pick 110 uh so his range is slowly starting to increase uh, but he is typically the fifth receiver off the board sometimes the fourth uh in, in your rookie drafts as he was in the nfl draft yeah six foot two 220 pounds uh the things that benefit him um being selected as a second round draft pick is the competition room he has I mean, we have Adam Thielen, who's, you know, in his, in his about mid-30s. We have DJ Chark, who's on a one-year deal. We have Terrence Marshall, who's yet to really step up. Levesque Chenault, who's really yet to just be more than just a gadget guy. And there's really no, I mean, Hayden Hurst is there at tight end, but there's no, like, locked-in, you know, post-up guy too much outside of really Hurst, who's also, even though he's been in the league for, like, five years, he's still aging in his, uh, as well. And so it provides a nice upside where he can build with young. He can develop this chemistry right away in like their rookie mini camps, um, as well as develop at an early offseason programs with them. And this could be a very beneficial pick where this is a guy that going into year two is a, is a consistent flex pick for you as he potentially takes the step up into that number two spot moving into the number one spot. The development of Terrence Marshall will really impact his playtime early because Marshall's going into his third year. If he takes that step in that third year, then that's, you know, where receivers typically do. Uh, then that'll kind of impact it a little bit. But realistically, he should find a nice role at, within a four-receiver rotation. 
Uh, we know Thielen plays a lot out of the slot. DJ Chark, you know, he's your ex that's going to go. Uh, so really it's him versus Marshall. And ideally, I mean, if we're looking at this, let's say super flex range, and let's just say you didn't trade your picks, you're coming off of at 1-4, grabbing a quarterback, more than likely, uh, or you're grabbing like Gibbs uh, as a running back. So being able to get a top five receiver um, at your next pick is pretty beneficial. Now, I I've been moving up and trying to get him like 2-1, two, 2-2 two, two in a lot of drafts. Uh, so it might not work out, but they kind of, like we said, they fluctuate. But I mean, if you come out of your draft with the QB two and or running back two and the wide receiver five right away out the get go, your rebuild is gonna is gonna happen faster than than not. Now, mine that we're gonna go with is also in the second round. Uh, this ADP is really flawed because these are all super flex ADP values. So anything we say here with ADP, move them up four spots for a single quarterback, essentially. Yeah. So Jonathan Mingo is gonna be back end of the first for you your single quarterback leagues. But I have I have a running back out of Texas, Roshan Johnson, uh, ADP of 24 in Superflex, which is 212. Uh, I have yet to see him go that late. Uh, he was pre-draft. I did a rookie draft. I was I won league that does it early, two, three weeks early before the NFL draft. And he was going like, you know, fourth, fifth round. And then he got, I would say, relatively well uh, draft capital going in the fourth round, pick 115 to the Bears. Uh, a very run-heavy team. Uh, a guy that I think that if he played at anywhere besides like Alabama, um, let's see, I think Texas, Michigan, uh, Ohio State, or like UCLA, he looks like one of the best running backs in all of college football. Um, unfortunately, he got, well, not even unfortunately, he just got stuck behind a, a good running back. And I don't see that as like a negative, him being like the number two in college. We saw lots of guys coming out of Alabama. Granted, sure, not all of them, Trent Richardson, you know, stuff didn't pan out. But yeah. <laughs> consistently seeing guys hit out of Alabama, um, you know. And so when I see stuff like that, I go, you know what, I don't worry. And then he goes to Chicago, a team that, sure, the Chicago Bears fans, if, if you're listening to this, if you're on Twitter and everything, you think that you guys are Super Bowl bound. Carolina Panthers just gifted you a top three pick. You know, your quarterback's going to develop and skyrocket and everything. The reality is he probably isn't. The offensive line isn't great enough for the pass game to be protected enough for him to actually develop and push through. But what they do really well is they run the ball. We saw David Montgomery do really well there. Little Herbert had success. And all they brought in in the offseason after losing Montgomery was Devontae Foreman. And then they, you know, signed Roshan Johnson. Well, Herbert's almost at the end of his rookie deal. Foreman's on a one-year deal. Roshan Johnson is a guy that you can get probably mid-second. You're probably going to have to move up in the back end of your second. Get this guy, but in year two, he's going to be a starter in my eyes because I don't think the Bears' offensive line is complete. So come next year, I think they're going to try and fix the offensive line and add to the defense as well, which is going to protect Johnson being the lead back in 2024. Yeah, and this is somebody that may use discussed heavily uh there's really no competition for him because i mean if they had faith in foreman or khalil herbert they wouldn't have took this, this kid that you know if if you have like so much faith in your run game after montgomery montgomery walks 
then you're not going to go out and get an athletic specimen such as this to pair with Justin Fields, who is a very mobile quarterback that runs the ball as well. It gives you a two-headed monster and a run-pass game that is, you know, very high-end. Um, but, yeah, uh, we've seen it in the past. Look at, you know, you mentioned Alabama. Alabama had a backfield of three white RB1, RB2s currently in the NFL all in their backfield at one time. And if they would have been on any other team, they would have been a RB1. They would have had a lot more spotlight. But it being Alabama, you have the elite of the elite. Uh, setting behind Robinson, everybody is like, you know, oh, that was, you didn't get to see him. He didn't get to perform. It's a test of one for Robinson, two. That's less wear and tear that you have on a body. So that helps longevity. So the Bears going out and getting this, and you it is a great asset, especially when you can grab him at his current ADP and set yourself up for a starting running back next year with very little capital invested. Roshan Johnson actually came into Texas as a quarterback, as a freshman, converted to running back. Oh, really? uh, yeah. And, um, really was an athlete essentially coming out of a high school but every year he's put up at least 80 80 attempts he's put up over five yards per carry and every every year and he's put up over 400 yards every year um i mean last year with johnson taking up the bulk of the touches he had 93 carries 554 yards in five touchdowns on top of that he had 14 receptions as well which that number doesn't seem high but any Anytime you see a, a college running back that's like a starter and they're below like 20, it's like, oof. But if they're above that, it's like, holy cow, this guy's the number two and he's catching 14 passes. He's clearly not on the field as much. So I think overall, he's just going to be a very well-rounded prospect. Um, and he's a guy that keep on your taxi squad for a year and then his value is going to return uh, oh, yeah. sooner rather than later. Uh, who's your second guy that you think you need to get to come out as a winner? Uh, we're going to stay in the Big 12 and top running backs. Uh, I'm going with Kendra Miller, who went to the Saints. Uh, I think he landed in a great spot for this year uh, that you can benefit and see what you're you're investing in. You know, with Kamara coming off of the off-field issues, plus you see him going into this twilight of his career. Um, you can plug him in. You got Jamal Williams down there, who you know is a great journeyman running back, but you know kind of plays that that relief role um, better than a a uh, bell cow. So Miller coming in has really good shiftiness. I watched a lot of TCU uh, this year. You know, um, being a, a Big Twelve fan, so this kid is electric on the field. His cuts are just unreal. He can plant and make a linebacker miss with ease. He's got that top-end speed that can create separation once he gets in the open field with the defensive back. So this is a great aspect. And plus, the division he's playing in uh, is an asset as well. Um, a lot of people are down on the NFC South, um, but... It's a division that's regrouping, rebuilding, and for him to come in 
and have that opportunity to shine early is a huge, huge thing and asset to add to your because he's going what mid mid seconds? He's going early second, two point two is ADP of fourteen. Okay. So um in in single quarterbacks, he's probably going at the the back four of your first round, your one point nine to one twelve range uh, is where he's going. But in super flex leagues, he's he's consistently I've seen getting drafted around one eleven to two oh two is where he is, kind of as like the fourth running back taken in most situations. Uh, and the big thing, too, is that at time of recording, uh, Kendra Miller is only 20 years old. Uh, first two years in college had about a combined, you know, 1,200 yards. Uh, and then in his last season, this past year, uh, over five yards per carry, put like 1,300 yards up on the ground as well, like 17 touchdowns as well. Was fantastic for TCU, a big reason why they were where they were. Being a third-round pick as a running back is not so bad. It's an early third-round pick as well, pick 71. and the thing, too, is is that uh, Alvin Kamara could have suspension, could not. This could be an impact this year, could not. But going into 2024, Kamara's cap hit jumps. As a lot of these that, that running back class we see do. That's the reason why we're seeing talks of, you know, Dalvin Cook maybe getting cut and everything so they can save cap because next year it's big. Joe Mixon, same thing. Alvin Kamara's in the same category. And while Alvin Kamara is not um, – super old or anything it is a, a shift that we're seeing coming now they did sign jamal williams uh who's gonna obviously vulture every touchdown from everybody <laughs> however though kendry miller is a guy that i think that you can draft as an early second round pick and if kamara suspension to start the season miller could show out early and you could actually return that investment for a 2024 first i think uh from a, a contender pretty early which sure it might be a risk because he could blow up. But yeah, Kendrick Miller isn't in a good spot to develop it and kind of just sit back. That's kind of what you want for some of these like, you know, day two running backs. Like, sure, it's great if they go somewhere as the guy, but if there's a body in front of them that is on their way out, that's a positive. And I'm pretty sure, I don't have the age on it, but I think Kamara and Williams are both like 27 to 29. They're in that. Yeah, they're, they're like 20s. Yeah. Uh, now, over to me, my next guy, we're going to go a little bit deeper for you guys. We're going to go wide receiver, Hank Dell. Uh, this is a guy that is coming out uh, to the Houston Texans. Uh, he played at the University of Houston as well, so he gets to stay where he's at. Uh, pick 69, so an early third as well. The reports came out that TJ Stroud was all about this guy. He said, go get me my guy. Now, he is 23 years old. He is 5'10". He's 100, let's just say 170 pounds would be nice. He's not the biggest guy. However, he comes into a situation where his competition to beat out are guys that we like. Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks, um, Noah Brown, uh, John Meachie is going to be back. A lot of undersized receivers um, in that group, too. Not all of them, but just in that group. But we see a rookie get drafted the same year as his quarterback, and we tend to see that connection kind of build. It's the same reason why we like Mingo, you know, with Young. And Tank Dell's ADP is currently 44. Mind you, I didn't say that. So he's getting drafted about 3.8 is where he's getting drafted at, or 4.8, sorry. Pick 4.8 uh, is where he's getting drafted. So he's looking at being one of the last picks in the fourth round. Now, 
I went this far because I would say, you can correct me on this, average rookie drafts are four years. Or four, four rounds, right? You'd say about average? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of all mine are go no later than three. But yeah, I've seen I've seen the average be around four. I mean, we're, we're, we're in a league that, that goes four, yeah. and obviously we're in IDP leagues that go five. But um, I, I would say four is probably an average. Most people have four taxi spots, so that's why they have four rookie rounds. Um, and this is mainly on, like, you know, start start 10 type leagues so in a in a single quarterback he's probably going um a, a little bit higher i only see about five quarterbacks here so probably end of the third early fourth um so he's either a guy that you're going to get with one of these last round you know swings and here's the thing he's a, he's a third round pick that's good draft capital for a guy that you're going to get at the back end of a rookie draft top of that his competition isn't like set in stone he's not sitting behind you know he didn't he didn't he didn't get drafted to like the jets where he would have been stuck behind so many people um that other people like he's in a place where in a year i mean noah brown could be gone uh brandon cooks will be gone who knows if collins nico collins is going to stay on who knows if john michi is actually he's back but who knows if he's in a fully you know in corporate recover granted and oh actually the best thing about it too i can't even see granted you don't have to worry about the texans drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. next year because they gave up their pick. So this receiver room is really wide open for him to come in, be an underneath guy in the slot, and really build with C.J. Stroud, especially for a dart throw. Yeah, um, and honestly, the only definite uh, pass catching you have in that offense is Dalton Schultz, in my opinion, that you can rely on. Um, As far as receiver goes, I mean – you got, uh, for some reason, the Texans wide receiver room is like the um, walking wounded every hey, year. I am, I am, hang on, before you go there, because I'm going to get roasted for this. I, Brandon Cooks got sent to the Cowboys, but the Texans brought in Robert Wood, which just further emphasizes my point because Robert Woods is an older guy. Still emphasizes my point, though, but continue. Yeah, I'm, okay. I, I was, uh, I, I thought. You meant Woods, but I thought I misheard, so that's why I didn't say anything. And but the um, the wide receiver room for the Texans always seems like the walking one. It's like a triage room at a hospital. Yeah. Uh, at any given week, you've got two wide receivers out, so the opportunities will definitely be there. And just like you know, we talked before, we talked earlier in this show uh, and on previous podcasts. Having the young quarterback to come in with you and build that relationship, especially one that, you know, after being drafted says, go get me this person because they're giving them their stamp of approval. That that's a high, that's a high bonus. I mean, that's something, if you're already getting the trust of a quarterback that hasn't even took a stat for the team and he's saying that he wants somebody giving his stamp, that gives a huge, huge stamp of approval, not only from the front office, but showing that there's going to be a some kind of repertoire between the two, and they can get in and do work together. And this is very similar to like a couple of years ago, like Nico Collins. You probably got him in like the late third, early fourth round of, of your rookie drafts at the time. And if you look at the value now, you couldn't sell you like, if you tried buying Nico Collins from somebody for a fourth round pick, they would tell you no. 
Like they wouldn't do it because he's a he's a rotational flex guy on bye week. He's worth more than a fourth. That's what I think Tank Dell could turn into. He could be worth more than a fourth, which there's how I look at rookie drafts, and we can talk about some future episodes and everything. But when I look at rookie drafts, I look at them in, in two aspects. Is is this guy gonna play for me right away? Is he gonna be an impact player? Can I rotate him in starting in my flex spot? Or can I flip him for better value next year? If I get a third round pick. Does this guy look like he can develop into a 2024 second? That's how I, I look at these things. So that's my fourth round picks. I treat them the same. If you can't get a future third for your fourth, well, draft a guy that you think can turn his value up and can be worth that future third. And that's just kind of how you just you play with house money and you move up. So uh, we're gonna we're running low here on this time. So let's kind of keep it moving. Let's go back to your guy, your third and final guy. Uh, who you got for us? Uh, I've got Jalen Hyatt. For the Giants, I know Homer pick as always. Got to yes. throw one in there occasionally, uh, but I think this is a great landing spot for him. Um, a wide receiver room that has components, but nobody really standing out. You you have a lot of lot of great um, role players, but ne- not a great definite wide receiver one in this in this room. So he steps into a situation. Uh, Daniel Jones is young. He can open up the field. There's got tons of weapons around him. So he's not rushed into a situation that he has to be the guy, but he has the opportunity to be the guy. Uh, And that's something I really like. Um, I I loved him in Tennessee. I think he did an outstanding job. Uh, The SEC's secondary, uh, as we could tell by previous drafts as well as this draft, is brutal. They, they produce some of the best defensive backs in the NFL and being able to succeed in, in that is a uh, benefit to his ability. So yeah, I'm going high. Uh, I think I got him. The latest I've seen him go is like two, eight. The earliest I've seen him go is like two, four. So that range uh, is going to produce possibly a good flex position for you. And worst case scenario, if you've got a good wide receiver core, stash him on your taxi squad. Somebody's going to need a wide receiver or, you know, he has a couple games to blow up. Like Ty always says, always trade, always look for that value. And you you may love him, but if you sent on your taxi squad and you can get better value, then you deal. So he's got an ADP right now of 26. So we're talking in Superflex Leagues, early third, 3.02. Um, in single quarterbacks, probably mid mid second round is where he would um, probably go. Actually, in, in single quarterbacks, so we probably see um, you're probably going to start seeing like one or two quarterbacks at the end of the first, and probably one or two quarterbacks mid second. Uh, so he might he might stay around like two ten range at best. So the the only the only thing that we have going against him here now he's a third round pick. We like third round picks. This isn't a bad thing. Literally tank Dell. Um, What's weird here, though, is that if we look at the ADP difference, he's massively higher than Tank Dell. And I get the Giants don't have a definite, like, there's no number one receiver there. Yeah. But it's Harris Campbell, Jamison Crowder, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Wondell Robinson, Isaiah Hodges, Darren Waller, who is a tight end but plays in the slot. So it's like, it's like who is, somebody's going to get cut here. Like somebody's gonna get cut, it's gonna be a surprise. Probably yeah. James. I see him being a lot odd man out because of age. But 
On top of that, team runs the ball. I mean, Daniel Bellinger is a, a relatively decent uh, second-year tight end coming in, too. There's a lot of mouths to feed. So what this pick here, a third-round pick, is it's easy to take a risk on. But Jalen Hyatt has to beat somebody out. He has to step up because right now he walks into week one. I mean, I'm going to put Campbell, Robinson, Hodges, Slayton, and Shepard all ahead of him. He's wide receiver six on his team right now. Well, Shepard, if Shepard comes back from the yeah. injury. Yes. Yeah. That, I, just, I, I just see them being more of like, it's like he's like a giant faithful type thing. That's kind of why. But I do see the time, you know, shifting there. But that's the big worry on Hyatt is, and a lot of people were saying out of, you know, getting drafted and everything, because some people were saying he's probably going to be a high first or mid first, or sorry, he's going to get drafted high, like late first, early second, you know, because he's got the speed and everything. And his route tree isn't that impressive as what we're hearing, but he's able to, he's able to show that he can put on big plays on big days. And that's what big time playmakers do. You know, he dominated against Alabama with Henry Hooker. It is a very friendly offense there in Tennessee, but he has a great opportunity here in the third round. I mean, realistically, if you went, you got your quarterback and then you got a running back in the second, you can take swings on these receivers that are going to end up turning around and, and provide value. And in two years, we're not going to see Campbell, Crowder, Shepard, or Slayton on this Giants team. They're all going to be gone in two years. And so it's going to be potentially him and Wandell Robinson and maybe Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, but if he can develop with, with Jones, and this could be a pretty good steal for people too as well. Now, my last guy here uh, in our six is Zay Flowers, ADP 9, 1.09 uh, in single quarterbacks. He's probably going about the 1.6 or 1.7 range because uh, I could see Anthony Richardson getting drafted in the top eight in single quarterbacks still just due to rushing upside. Here's the thing. Zay Flowers gets looked at as number four. And he's the fourth receiver. but I think you can make a case that he could be the number one receiver in this draft class. Uh, the reason why is that, uh, we, what do we talk about? We talk about um, new offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, where we think things are kind of get switched around. Yeah. Um, who's in front of him right now? We have Rashad Bateman, who can't stay healthy. We have Odo Beckham Jr., who hasn't played in a year and is coming off of a, a major knee injury in his second at, ACL. Second, and, he, and, he's, and he's 30 now. And so he's on a one-year deal, and I'm sitting here, and everybody's freaking out about this. And I'm just like, I don't understand what we're freaking out about because outside of that, and those are the big things. We're talking about Nelson Aguilar, Devin Duvernay, James Prochet. Like, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a first-round receiver that has injury-prone guys in front of him that he can easily step in with a quarterback that just got a major deal that the Baltimore Ravens are not going to be like, give him all his guaranteed money. Lamar, let's go run a let's go run a hundred RPOs in the first six weeks. They're not going to do that. They're going to protect him. They have a good offensive line, and you know the fact that Mark Andrews is able to take away such good coverage because he's such a good receiving tight end. It leaves people open um, across the middle, and Zay Flowers, I think, is going to be fantastic in open space. I think he's got that kind of like dog mentality in him, kind of similar to like DJ Moore uh, is how I kind of put that in there. Um, where you give him the ball in open space and he's going to make people miss and make people look silly. And I think people are like, especially if we think about guys that can be impacts right away from this rookie class, I think he could be the number one receiver on this team. Sure, yes, Mark Andrews tight end and everything, but 
two guys get the ball. We look at Jordan Addison. He's clearly behind Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. We look at Quentin Johnston. He's behind Allen and Mike Williams and Eckler as well, who catches a lot of passes. Yeah. And then we talk about JSN. He's clearly behind DK Metcalf and, and, and Tyler Lockett. So when I talk about good values to make you a winner, this guy does two things. A, he's going to develop and be a long-term guy for you. But B, he's a, he's a flex play from week one, in my opinion. Where I can't say that about those other receivers. I can say they have better long-term value. But week one, Zay Flowers could start for you. And by week four, he could have, you know, he could have 20 catches and 250 yards and three touchdowns. And everybody's like, whoa, he's got the best stats out of four weeks. That's not great stats I just put up there. It's just like 62 yeah. yards a game and five catches. But he's a guy that I think right away can look like the guy and can in, in, and can in return produce good return value for you right out the gate. And so I, I just think he's a guy that I think you you could really take advantage of getting, especially at the back end of first, if you're a contender. Oh, most definitely. Uh, I've seen, I'm seeing flowers, which I'm trying to get right now, um, trying to work with a, a stubborn owner that thinks that his, his draft capital is gold and is 10 times higher on players than their actual value. Uh, so trying to work out a deal there. The only pass option that he has to contend with is Andrews, in my opinion. Outside of that, I mean, at worst, his his ceiling is top option. His floor is option number two, in my opinion, which is good. Um, you don't want to let Lamar run after signing that big contract risking injury. You want to protect your investment. So you're going to see him throwing the ball a lot more. And who better to throw it to than a young, speedy receiver that can create separation, get downfield, and make plays. And now we give our six guys. Those six guys, if you come out in the draft with them, you're going to look like a winner. If you've got the one four or like one five and all the quarterbacks have gone, you don't need a quarterback, you trade back, you probably get a lot of these picks together um, in some big bundle. So to review, if you could come out with, you know, Zay Flowers, ADP of nine, you're a winner. Uh, Ken, Kendra Miller, ADP of 14, running back, winner. Jonathan Mingo, ADP of 16. Uh, what do we got next? Roshan Johnson, running back, ADP 24. Jalen Hyatt, ADP 26. And then Tank Dell, ADP 44. Now, I'm going to give you guys three guys that are going either at the very last pick, 4.12, or are going undrafted. And they're ranging anywhere from rookie 47, 48 to rookie like 55 that I think you could pick up or trade back in and get them above their ADP. And they're going to be great little stashes for you in the taxi spot. Those guys are uh, Tucker Craft, tight end uh, out of for Green Bay from South Dakota State University, ADP of 48. He is currently projected in most Superflex leagues to go at 412. In single quarterbacks, he's probably going a little bit earlier. but he comes into a situation where, yes, he was drafted after Luke Musgrave. However, he is a better blocker than Musgrave. And I think that he's a big body uh, type of receiver. He doesn't go down as easy. He's not as flashy. He's just a very consistent, safe guy that I think that he could carve out a nice role in Green Bay. And I think, I think he'll end up being a better tight end than Musgrave, in my opinion. Uh, could be localism, you know, uh, that I have here on him. But he has a really good chance to be that safe holder for 
um, uh, Jordan Love. But also on top of that, I mean, tight ends that can block well end up getting on the field faster and longer than other, you know, receiving threats, especially in teams that like to run the ball. Um, and he, he stays in a cold weather area where he's used to. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tucker Craft? I, I think he's got the the opportunity there. And when you're switching quarterbacks, you're switching your whole scheme around. Now, if Rodgers was still in Green Bay, I would not agree with this, but look what you can do with a two tight end set. Look at, you know, what New England did with a two tight end set with having two athletic tight ends. One was a better blocker, one was a better pass catcher, and but really both were relevant. We don't really know what Love's going yeah. to prefer yet. Yeah, and well, I mean, even with that, I mean, opportunities for them to be on the field together is going to create opportunities to catch passes. And, or, you know, if you are blocking, if you if you're protecting your quarterback, your quarterback's going to reward you. He's going to be looking at you, you know, because a quarterback doesn't like to be on the ground. So this gives him a huge upside, a huge leg up being out there as a blocker, protecting his quarterback and building a, uh, a nice um, bond with love and being able to go out there catch like you said big body receiver hard to bring down this kid is a truck and i think it's a good a good investment to stash on your tactics i don't just see what happens yeah when we talk about this green bay doesn't use a lot of two tight ends but matt lafleur has been talking about wanting to implement it and so i mean, we have to wait and see but if that happens it's something that i mean they got to beat what a, a Degira, uh out at the tight end area and i think musgrave is a guy that can line up at slot a lot more and that's just why i like tiger craft here if you have Travis Kels, he's the perfect tight end for you. He's the perfect tight end for you to get and just to kind of sit and wait because I think that he is, I think he's better than a couple of the tight ends that got drafted ahead of him, and he's going to make people kind of regret, you know, not getting him sooner. Uh, the next guy that I have is ADP at 51. So this is undrafted free agent, we could say. Uh, this is wide receiver A.T. Perry. He ended up um, getting drafted by the New Orleans Saints in the fifth round. He's 195. I believe that's fifth or it's I, I don't I don't have it down. It's a sixth, early sixth. So it goes in the early sixth round. Yeah. And this is a guy that I, you know, six foot five, 205 pounds. He's he's a tall dude. We talk about this all the time. Um, are we really worried about uh Rashid Shahid or Traquan Smith or um Kawan Baker, Kenneth Kirkwood? You know, I'm not worried about those guys. Olave can do his thing. Michael Thomas can do his thing. The tight end room um, looks a little better with Foster Moreno coming in, and they have Taysom Hill and Juan Johnson. But that number three role at receiver isn't locked in. And I think I think A.T. Perry is a guy that uh, is not getting enough credit. Um, granted, yes, he's a six-round um, draft pick, but I think that he looked good enough in college that I, I'm going to take the stab on him. Uh, and picking him up right away off of waivers. Uh, last year, let's see, uh, about 1,300 yards on 71 receptions and 15 touchdowns as well. Um, and, yeah, that's a massive leap in 2021. And then last year, he put up almost 1,100 yards on 81 receptions and 11 touchdowns as well. Of course, a lot of touchdowns. It's a really reliable receiver. Uh, and he's a guy that there's a nice opportunity for him to sneak into a number three role. Yeah, and there's a lot, still a lot of question, my whole, uh, question marks with Michael Thomas. I mean, 
you know, he was out all last year and people say, well, you know, his body could heal and everything, but time still ticks. Your father time does not take a break. Uh, So the older you get, the harder it is to recover from injuries to get back to that level. So we're looking at what Thomas has been really out essentially two years. Yeah. So two years of not competing, you know, yeah, it may save your body from the wear and tear, but father time is still there. So him stepping into this could, could have essentially dethrone Thomas as a, as the number two option in New Orleans. Um, that's, that's pretty bold. That's pretty bold to say. I mean, a lot of things got to go right. Is, well, I'm saying he, he get, he get unseated right. because one, we, we got a lot of question marks around him. He, uh, Thomas is older, yeah. you know, who knows how extensive the surgery really was to keep him out all last year. And you know, that wide receiver room is muddled. So he, the opportunities there, uh, you got a new quarterback in car. Uh, so I, so I think this is a great, uh, just waiver wire pickup. Like you said, you know, you don't have to actually worry about trying to move up to get him or anything. He's going to be there most likely when you're drafting flutes. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. He's, he's a guy you can probably pick up late round fourth, need and everything. He's just a stash. He's a stash and hope, but he's in a, a good spot to potentially carve out a role. And now uh, the number nine guy, the last guy here, this isn't necessarily if you draft this guy, you're going to be a winner and go find him, but I think that he has a, a really good opportunity to return good value. Uh, that's quarterback Clayton Toon out of University of Houston. Uh, he is 24 years old. Uh, he went to the Arizona Cardinals. In the fourth round, uh, 139, 6'2", 215. And with Kyler Murray potentially being out for who knows how long, really who knows. And if, if you're the Cardinals, I would I, I would sit him out the whole year because I want the number one pick blocked in <laughs> just for trade value. Um, but on top of that, all he's got to do is beat out Colt McCoy to potentially get snaps and start. And if he can start and can kind of provide like, I don't know, some value, he's going to not be a guy that is going to be a long-term thing for you, but he's a guy you can put on your taxi and then he gets like one or two starts and you can flip him for a future late round pick. And that's just kind of what you do, but he can provide that. And, you know, he was fantastic at Houston. I mean, we have multiple, his back-to-back years of, you know, hitting 30 touchdowns plus and only 10 interceptions. And, and he hits here at 4,000 yards. So he's, he's a big time passer. Houston has really good offense. Um, he was, you know, Tank Dell's. Tank Dell was his guy, uh, but he's just a nice little stash you can get for next to nothing that could return for, you know, a future fourth or third round pick for you. And with all that being said, we're done here. So go out and draft those six guys. Pick up these three guys at the very end of the fourth or a waiver wire, and you're going to be a winner this year uh, in your rookie draft. And next week. We're going to talk about some guys that you just just stay away. Stay away. They're not. They're going to make you a loser in the draft, and you don't want to be a loser in the draft. It's the most nerve-wracking thing. So uh, make sure you guys subscribe, like, follow along, and keep up. Go on Twitter. If you're there on Twitter, go follow us on Twitter. we got polls running all, like, all week long, all summer long. Uh, Jason's got some good polls going on for you guys. So. With that being said, see you later.